Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT, or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. You know, Doug, sometimes that light comes on a little quicker than you're expecting. <laughs> I was not ready People to start. People have no idea the anxiety that is created in this room when that light either yeah. comes on or we get another flashing light in here or, like, uh, the computer's really slow and we're trying to figure something out. But, uh, no, hey, uh, happy Tuesday to you, man. It's uh, October 19th. Yep. We're cruised all the way. We're already halfway through October headed yeah. into thanksgiving month yep. and then christmas man it's just like it seems like we were just here a year ago right and, and 2021 it, yeah 2021 is almost over that's crazy it, it, it's and we'll be i'm sure a lot of people are glad it's almost <laughs> over you know yeah um uh, but yeah 2022 is on the way and um you know uh as as you look at our world getting crazier and crazier you know, I think um, as we, I don't know about you, as we've been going through Acts, I've been real encouraged at the early church and how God took really a very small group of people mm-hmm. and transformed the world with that small group of people. And uh, I think a lot of times when we when we think about, you know, doing great things for God, we feel like we want large numbers. We want to have a big stadium rally or all that. But if you look throughout the Bible, it seems like God always used mm-hmm. few so that, that uh, like Gideon. Yeah. You know, why? Because he didn't want man taking glory for himself. He wanted the glory to go to him, which it should. Yeah. The creator. We can't create anything. Right. Yeah. And, you know, what's crazy is like if you really think about it, um, you know, starting – from under 200 people uh, after his death that were, you know, in the upper room and praying. And within a couple hundred years, it had taken over the Roman Empire, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot to be said about, um, you know, the church, and the, the church and the state mingling there and that, you know, might have set bad precedent for years to come. But it was um, the only thing that offered uh, stability to people when Rome fell, Right. It, that it that it went from, you know, in the world's eyes, nothing to a real giant in the culture and then in the world. Right. And, uh, you know, and then within, you know, what uh, a thousand years, what no, seventeen hundred years, it was all over the world in ways that I don't think anyone would have uh, really imagined and in ways that other uh, religions um, have not been able to replicate right and that's because i, w- I would say it's uh, evidence of its truth yeah uh, i don't know uh if you um, if you looked at any news today but there were um 24 attorney generals across the country yeah. have asked the supreme court to to basically uphold the first amendment rights of this coach who was fired um you know for praying on the field Oh, wow. Uh, uh, Joe Kennedy, uh, who's former high school coach, uh, are challenging. There was a ban on post-game prayers. And, um, you know, 24 attorney generals across the country said, hey, you need to weigh in on this. He was initially suspended, then fired in 2015 after he refused a district order to end the post-game prayer sessions, which started with him just silently praying on the field before players began joining him. And uh, he's a retired Marine Corps gunnery sergeant. Uh, Got to love those Marines. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, they declined in 2019 to hear it, but they're they're trying to get them to weigh back in. And so, um, yeah, I don't know if you saw, they also were, um, they ruled in favor of immunity for police a couple of days yeah, ago, uh, which was a good thing. Um, so, uh yeah, the Supreme Court, I'm sure they're going to be uh, making 
headlines. Uh, oh yeah, you I'm, know, and mm-hmm. um, with the um, with the case with the coach, what was the final? Um, you know, the highest court. What was the highest court's ruling? You know, before the Supreme Court. You know how they turned it down in 2019. Did they say it was okay for um, him to be fired, or or how? What what the Supreme Court? No, no. So the Supreme Court said no, right? But the court right under it obviously issued a ruling on it. Right? Yeah, but no, they ruled against him. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. so that, that's why they're appealing. They're trying to get it up there. Uh, another sad moment for our country, where the former Pennsylvania Health Second Secretary, oh. <laughs> who is a openly transgender, just got promoted to a four star rank uh, in the yeah. health the assistant health secretary. Yeah, uh, and they said the first woman to, uh, well, to reach yeah, the range, which, which is crazy. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I mean, let's it, not go down that road. That's right. just uh, that's it's crazy. It is funny. I I, I'll, I will say I know we're not going to go down there, but I guess men are just better at being women than women are. You know. Um, also <laughs> in the news, frontline healthcare workers shortages due to COVID nineteen vaccine mandate, and we're about to see military mm-hmm. first responders as well because they're being mandated to take something that has no data and no science behind it being required for people who've already had covid and have t-cell antibodies and you know uh, i i know there's a lot of pushback by believers out there who say well it's the loving thing to do and i would remind them that when uh when the people came over here from England and they were being told that the king rules over religion, the king is in an authority, and they responded from the pulpit, no, Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords, and he is the highest authority anywhere. And the same thing applies in this arena that, you know, throughout time, uh, one of the things that has been a hallmark of the Christian faith is your beliefs and being led by the Spirit doesn't necessarily mean that that's the same for me. Mm. And and uh, you know if it's if it's me and my body, and I I should not have. If, if what I refuse to do or don't do, that there's no science that would say that if I don't take the vaccine, that that makes you at risk if you've had the vaccine, yeah. <laughs> if the vaccine is effective. Mm-hmm. But the truth is the vaccine does not prohibit anybody from getting COVID. It simply lessens the effects of COVID, which other vaccines like smallpox and uh, polio – those are preventative vaccines. You don't get those yeah, this, diseases. This is uh, more like a therapeutic. I don't know. If, did you see the study of, um, I think it was uh, of VA, people from the VA, six, 620,000 uh, people who got the Johnson & Johnson shot through uh, the VA, so former uh, military guys. Uh, they, they tested them, and in May they were seen to have 88% effectiveness against stopping COVID by August. It went down to 3% mm-hmm. effectiveness. So, you know, you're talking first off, you know, it's, you're not talking about a vaccine. You're talking about uh, a therapeutic, right? Yeah, you're not talking about a vaccine. It wasn't effective for Colin Powell, who, by the way, Colin Powell, you know, my wife and I were talking earlier today. He, Colin Powell got where he got because not affirmative action, but because he earned it, he mm-hmm. worked hard, he applied himself, and he grew up like you said. We were talking yesterday in the Bronx mm-hmm. with with Jamaican parents, and he grew to one of the highest positions he could go to in our country. And it wasn't given to him; he earned it. Yeah, and uh, and yet the very thing that supposedly he killed him, according to what you see in the media. I don't know if you can trust the media, but it said COVID, but he had cancer. He had other issues going on in his life, but they attribute it to COVID complications, even though he had been double vaccinated. Yeah. And, you know, so going back to, you know, what should a believer's response be? And and, and people say, well, that's the loving thing to do. I I don't think uh, that that is 
personally. Um, but, you know, if you're convicted that way, that's one thing. But to say that someone is not showing love unless they submit to the government overstepping its bounds and demanding that you inject something into your body, um, I, I don't, if you cannot see how that might be a dangerous precedent, whether the vaccine's effective or not, um, you know, maybe you have a little bit too much trust in government and it being good. Well, right now, or companies, I, I think currently 16,000 people have died after getting the vaccine. Uh, 16,000. I, I, there, there's nowhere near that if you total up all the deaths from all the vaccines prior to that. I mean, and so, uh, and again, if you're out there and you've got the vaccine, um, yeah, no. Uh, no, this is that nobody's saying that you can't take the vaccine, but to have it mandated when it's experimental use for people that don't need it and you don't need it if you've had COVID. If you've had COVID and have T cell antibodies, you don't need the vaccine. You have better immunity. Nobody's still talking. Nobody's talking about recovered COVID immunity. It's crazy to me that it's this pressure being put on people. And people are losing their jobs, mm-hmm. which is the way they provide for their families. And so, as believers, we need to pray for these brothers and sisters who are being impacted in the healthcare industry, the the air travel industry, the military. Um, that they would stand strong. I just talked to a guy the other day. He said, "Yeah, I just gave in. I had to mm. because I had to provide for my family." Mm. And it's sad to me. He's being forced, to, and he's already had COVID. That's just oh wrong. man, yeah. All right, well, we are up against the break, so we will be back with more after the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed. That is Rescuer by Ren Collective. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 9, verses 20 through 31 this week. Yesterday, we focused primarily on verse 21, and we will be looking at the other verses uh, today and tomorrow. Um, if you missed yesterday, though, you can go to www.swatradio.com. Again, www.swatradio.com, and click on the Past Programs link. There you'll be able to find our full catalog of programs, including yesterday's program and this one in about an hour or so. Yeah, and uh, you want to go in there and listen to that story at the end about Virginia Prodon. Mm-hmm. It's a really powerful story about her new mission. Uh, and, Taylor, before we jump into the text today, I, I want to go back to something you said right before we broke, and then, and then we'll get into the text. And that's simply this. People are being told, well, if you love your neighbor, then you will get the vaccine. Well, that's not true if the vaccine is harmful or you believe it's harmful. You would never tell somebody to – and when you go, well, there's only 16,000 out of a million. Well, 
we don't know long term. We have no long term data on the vaccine itself. It's only been around for a year and a half. It's only yeah. been out in the public for a year and a half. And this is what we're finding now. We have no idea what side effects may occur three to five years from now. We don't know. The studies are not there. And you go, well, it's it, we had to get something out quick. That's true. I'm not arguing that. The issue is not that itself. It's the mandate for the vaccine. People being told they must put something that we know has caused at least 16,000 deaths and has caused at least eighty to 90,000 adverse events, uh, 7,000 heart conditions. There's all kinds of uh, Bell's palsy. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of anaphylactic shock things that have happened with people that aren't documented. Somewhere in the neighborhood of two to 300,000 people have had a pretty severe negative reaction to the vaccine. And there's a 99.99% survivability rate of COVID. Yes. And so what's the loving thing to do? Take this vaccine and take a chance. That's your prerogative. But the government should not have a, a right to demand that or you lose your job. I mean, I, I look at all these SWAT brothers that are, are going to be forced out of the military, forced out of their job. It's wrong. Folks, if you're listening, we live in a a country where you can make your voice known to your representative. You can make your voice known to uh, your congressman, your senator. And most important, you make your voice known to God. Pray that God would stop this nonsense because that's what it is. It's nonsense. And the premise that is based on is a faulty one, if not an outright lie. And you as a Christian... Um, and this is about the mandates. You as a Christian cannot live by lies, right? And yeah. to to succumb to that, to to bow to that, when you know in your heart that it's wrong, um, that diminishes you, and it shows a lack of faith. So, if a brother says, you know, I feel convicted about this, it shouldn't. You should not say to them, "Well, you're being unloving." Yeah, that's that, 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 that's what's wrong, and mm-hmm. a lot of Christians are doing that. Yeah. And it's and and so, if you want to get the vaccine, go get it. If you don't, don't. Yeah. But the government should not be able to mandate an experimental vaccine for people to put into their body. Mm-hmm. And have you noticed how quiet all the, the pro-choice people are for abortion <laughs> about yeah. my body, my choice? They don't say that anymore. So anyway, I just wanted to go back to that. And then because uh, we're going to we're going to go into Acts nine where Saul is on a new mission. And we looked at that yesterday because Saul was on a mission to go kill Christians, put Christians in jail, and to destroy the name of Jesus in the culture he was living. And now he's out there as a chosen instrument of mine, God's word about Saul, verse 15 of uh, Acts 9. And he said he immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogues. And we talked about that yesterday as he lived out this new mission to get the name of Jesus Messiah out there, Jesus the Son of God, Jesus, and that's the message. He is the Son of God. He is Messiah. Now, why is that so important? Well, prior to that, he thought he was a blasphemer. Prior to that, Paul thought that Messiah had not yet come. They were looking for Messiah. In their mind, Messiah was going to kick Rome out, but it was never about Rome. It was about the people and God. It was about a restored relationship. And so as we look at verse 21 and 22 today, we're going to see Saul who went into the synagogues, plural, and gave this new message. So we, we just real quick, a, a quick recap of the four uh, principles we draw out of this narrative text is when we follow Jesus and are baptized by the Holy Spirit, God calls us to live out a new mission, first of all, which is to proclaim Jesus. Uh, and and that, that's our mission, Right. And what is the message? We proclaim a new message. The new message is Jesus is the Son of God. It's not to keep the law. It's not to keep the synagogues. And so the mission is to go proclaim it, and the message is Jesus is Messiah. The third thing is that we're to trust a new power. Prior to Jesus, even though there were Jews that lived by faith, we know that in the Old Testament, those Old Testament saints, 
for a lot of the Jewish people, they thought they had to keep the law. They thought they had to earn God's favor. And it had been uh, misinterpreted. And Jesus comes along and gives them the right interpretation of you trust in God's power. He does it for us. It's what Jesus did, not what we do. And so we talk about this new power uh, Saul has. And finally, we saw following a new master and and how Jesus would move Paul wherever he wanted. Sometimes he rescued Paul. Sometimes he let Paul go through persecution. And we're going to see how Saul reacts. He doesn't always run, and he doesn't always get beat up. Um, uh, so God directs him, and God is in control. He's sovereign over that. But he's Saul's master. He's a new master. Not the Sanhedrin, not the religious leaders, but God. And unfortunately, sometimes in our culture, we think that our pastor is our leader, and he's not. Our pastor is an under-shepherd. The church is not his. You know, we say, we, we will even refer to the church as, well, this is so-and-so's church. You know, yeah. it's not their church. It's Jesus' church. They are under-shepherds serving him. And if they don't tell you what's in the Word, if they are just sitting there telling you nice stories— and, and not explaining the word of God, then they're not faithfully discharging their duties to feed the sheep. That's what a pastor does. He feeds and disciples. And so as we look at this new message in verse 21, 22, let's let the text speak to it, and then we'll come back and explain it. So read verse uh, 20 and 21 and 22 today, and we're just going to look at those. All right. And immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue, saying, he is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, Is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem of those who called upon this name? And has he not come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who, who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. And the word Christ there is the Greek word for Messiah. Okay, so so a couple of things. In verse 20... It says immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogues, and then Luke tells us what he said. He is the Son of God. That was a declarative statement about Jesus being the Son of God. And the Son of God was not just a title. It was that God became incarnate in human form, and he became God in the flesh. And if you remember over in uh, Matthew chapter 26... When the, Jesus is before the high priest, what they said um, in Matthew 26, in verse 63, uh, verse 62, and the high priest stood up and said, have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But Jesus remained silent, and the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. They're asking him, are you the son of God? Why? Because that title was more than a title. It's that that God himself was going to come and redeem his people. But they didn't understand that he was going to come as a, as a suffering Messiah. That's why they didn't understand Isaiah 53. In fact, they didn't understand a lot of the Old Testament prophecies about what it would look like when it's come. So they had an idea in their mind. But they did, and if you go back now, we have the benefit of being able to see the whole thing Mm -hmm. looking back. So when it talks about he will come humble riding on a donkey, when when a king in that culture rode on a donkey, you know what it meant? He was bringing terms of peace. Mm -hmm. If he was on a stallion, he, he was bringing war. But he brought peace. You know who else rode a donkey? Solomon. When Solomon was coronated, he rode a donkey. He was about peace. And when Jesus rode that, he was coming as a peacemaker. And Jesus was God incarnate. Remember in Mark 1 and in Luke also, um, when Jesus was baptized, what did what did God say? He said, he said what, you are my son. son. So Jesus, Paul proclaiming that Jesus was a son of God would have been blasphemous to the Jews. But that's where he went. In fact, Paul himself thought it was blasphemous just a week earlier. Mm-hmm. 
And now here he is proclaiming that same message to the people, and he goes right into the synagogues of the very people who had requested he came from Jerusalem to get these Christians out of there. And this is a new message for him. And notice it says in verse 22 that he confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Messiah. How did he prove that he was Messiah? The, the Scripture. The Old Wait, Testament you mean scripture? he didn't do a miracle? Hmm. He didn't do a sign? No, he took them to the Scriptures. That's why when people, there's lots of books out there that talk about power evangelism and doing hmm. miracles and showing God's power. How are, pe- how are people reached with the gospel? How do they come to faith? By the preaching of the word. That's what Romans says. Paul says that in Romans. How will they have faith unless they hear? How will they hear unless someone sent? How beautiful are the feet of those that bring good news. And this was a new message. He preached boldly in the name of Jesus. And when we come back, I want to, I kind of want to go explore that a little bit more. All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store, and you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle that is at SWAT Radio Talk. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We will be back with more after the news. to SWAT Radio. That was David Crowder with All My Hope. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 9, verses 20 through 31 this week. Today we're focusing in a little bit on verses 21 through 22. Um, If you missed any of this, as I said earlier, you can go visit us at www.swatradio.com. Click on the past programs link, and there you'll be able to find this program here in just about an hour or so. Um, now, in the book of Acts, this is the only time you'll see where Paul talks about Jesus being the Son of God. But in his other writings, it's it's mentioned like 15 times. Mm. He uses the title. And when Paul did this, it, it one guy, um, commentator, uh, commented that uh, it, it really implies three aspects of Jesus as Messiah. First, his perfect obedience to God, mm-hmm. because a Jewish son was mm. going to be obedient to his father, right? Um, his uh, his being the revealer of who God is. And third, his an, being an authorized agent of God, carrying out what God wanted people to do. And so Paul used that title, like I said, in his writings uh, probably another 14 or 15 times, but it's only here in Acts. And one thing I want to bring out, too, that um, as as Luke is writing this uh, account to Theophilus, Luke's focus is on Jesus and his followers, but he doesn't want to focus too much on the followers. So he kind of, and you didn't read this, verse 23 says, when many days had passed, the Jews plotted to kill him. Now, when you when you look at that um, day past, like gone by, that that's in an imperfect tense. That means it's continual, and it, it mm. implies a long period of time in the Greek. And what that means is uh, that that there. Were, Many days had gone by and the Jews began to kill him. Well, what happened during that time? Well, to know that, you have to go over to Galatians chapter 1. And in Galatians 1, Paul relays about leaving Damascus, going to Arabia, to the desert, 
being there and then coming back. And when he comes back is when we're going to read tomorrow that they try to kill him. But Luke doesn't even tell us anything about that. Why? Because it's not about Saul. Yeah. It's about Jesus. And he's, he's focused on proclaiming Jesus as Messiah. And so he just says, when many days pass, well, when Saul is writing the Galatian church, he talks about that. And um, if, you, if you look between Acts 21 and 22, you will find what Saul wrote over in Galatians chapter 1, verse 17. Read that real quick. Just 17? Actually, start in 16. Read 16 through 19. All right. Uh, 16. Uh, I'll go with 15. But when he was, when, but when he who had set me apart before I was born. In Wait, his, stop just a second. Read that again so people can hear. But when he who had set me apart before I was born. So before Paul became Paul, before he became Saul, before he was even a thought in his dad's mind. Mm-hmm. He had been set apart. Now stop and let that sink in for a second. That's the sovereignty of God in Saul's life. So when Saul was going up to Jerusalem, uh, around Jerusalem, throwing people in jail, God knew what he was going to do with him. Before Saul uh, ever went to Damascus to throw those people in jail, God knew what he was going to do with him. Because he had set him apart when? When did it say? Before he was born. Wow. Wow. Why do people have such a hard time with that? I don't understand because those statements are all throughout Scripture. You see God's selectivity, mm-hmm. and he chose Saul. Thank God he chose Saul. We wouldn't have half our New Testament if he hadn't chosen Saul. Right. Right? Yeah. And so Saul wrote a lot of instructive letters. In fact, you and I were talking yesterday about how there's people that go, I don't like Saul. I don't like Paul. They say not Saul, but I don't like Paul. I don't agree with what he wrote. Okay. <laughs> I mean like okay, you don't believe with what you don't believe in you don't believe in it because it rubs you. It 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 causes you uncomfortability because he's telling you to do things you probably don't want to do or he's telling you not to do things you you want to do. And it rubs you the wrong way. Well, you know, the whole Christian life here is hard. We are told we are going to suffer. We are told that, that, that if Jesus suffered, why is it that that's so surprising to us? You know, I think about these missionaries down in uh, Haiti or the missionaries in China, the missionaries in North Korea, in the Middle East. You know, why, why does it surprise us and why is it so foreign to us? Because we have conditional obedience with God. We have expectational obedience with God. I don't even know if that's a word. I just said just expectational. In other words, if I do this, God's going to do this instead of surrendered obedience to God. Yeah. And Saul, that day on the road, yielded his life. He had a new message. Jesus is the Messiah. He is the promised one. And, and so he goes away to Arabia to the desert part over there and is there quite a while go ahead and read finish reading all right but when i when he was i was born and he called me by his grace was pleased to review reveal his son to me in order that i might preach him among the gentiles i did not immediately consult with anyone nor did i go up to jerusalem to those who were apostles before me but i went away into arabia and returned again to damascus then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas. Okay, so stop. So he says, I went out in the desert. I came back to Damascus. And after three years, then I went and connected with Paul, our Peter, Peter. Yeah. and John, and the apostles. But before that, he says, I did not consult with flesh and blood. If you go back and read mm-hmm. the first part of Galatians, he says, I didn't immediately consult with flesh and blood. Our tendency is the first thing is to go consult with flesh and blood. But he goes to the desert. Why? Probably because the Lord told him to. He moved him to go out to the desert. Because think about, you remember when the disciples were on the road to Damascus? I mean, uh, Emmaus, not Damascus, Emmaus. And it says Jesus started with Moses and the prophets and began to what? Teach them and their hearts burned. 
I'm sure there were those kind of moments with Saul when he was in the desert. Um, and it, you, you, you've said before that the desert is always seen as a place of training, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, not only that, yeah. Testing. you, you got to worry about robbers mm-hmm. on those roads, uh, just the dangers in the wilderness out there. That's not a, a city area where there's right. a lot of people. Um, and, you know, uh, he, the big thing that Saul gets across in Galatians is I wasn't worried about the approval of man. I mean, I was out there letting God teach me. And God took Abraham to the desert. He took Moses to the desert. Uh, David went in the, the, the desert to train. They all. Jesus went to the yeah, desert. Yeah, Jesus went to the desert. The desert was God's training ground for his people. And uh, when he went back to Damascus and he was witnessing and the Jews wanted to what? They wanted him to be quiet. They didn't want him to carry this new message. They didn't want him to be able to boldly proclaim Jesus as Messiah because Jesus was a blasphemer in their minds. But here we see Paul, or Saul still, leave it. he's living out a new mission. When he comes back, he goes right in the synagogues, and it irritates him, and he's proclaiming this message, preaching boldly, it says, in the name of the Lord in verse 28. Um, and it, you, you can rest assured if he's doing that in Jerusalem, he's doing that in Damascus, preaching boldly, proving Jesus was Messiah. How? Through the scriptures. So how do we prove Jesus is Messiah from the scriptures if we don't know his word? It makes it pretty tough. Yeah. You see, you see why it's a problem if we don't read the Bible, if we don't know his word? Uh, it's a real problem, and that's why we don't just read the Bible to get a check in the box, say, okay, I read my Bible today. We don't read the Bible. We read to have God speak to us through his word every day. It's like food for our soul. Like this morning, you know, I I was reading, and I was reading in Kings, and I was reading about the I, – I was reading – and this is just devotional reading, but I'm reading about Ahab and Jehoshaphat. And Ahab says, hey, I'm going to go fight these guys. Are you with me? Jehoshaphat goes, you're my brother. I'll go with you. But Ahab knew he had provoked mm-hmm. the army, the Syrian leader. And so he goes, listen, you go in your king clothes. I'm going to dress up. And he tried mm-hmm. to go and pretend like he wasn't a king. But who was sovereign over that? Who had prophesied that Ahab was going to die? Who Do you think Ahab didn't know that? Yeah, he, he knew, knew it. it. Yeah. But yet he was trying to cheat God. Listen, if God says something in his word, if he gives you a, the word to you, if he says something, there's a consequence, and you continue to ignore his word, you can't cheat the consequences. Ahab tried to do that. And what happens is it says an arrow came through and it pierced him and it killed him. And his blood spilled out on the chariot and they took his chariot back and they was washing the blood out and the dogs were licking up the Mm. blood, which was what was prophesied to him by a prophet of God that that was going to happen. You know why? Because he killed Naboth's. Uh, he, uh, he he killed Naboth to get his vineyard because he, he, he Naboth wouldn't sell it to him. Now, why, why, is that in, why is that instructive for me as I read it as a devotional reading? Well, because you can't cheat God. God is sovereign. You can think you're getting something by on God. And listen, if you think you can look at that filth uh, called pornography and you can hide it from your spouse or your kids, you, you can hide it for a while, but I absolutely guarantee you it will come out. You can cheat. You can cheat on money. You can cheat on... You can, you can try to hide stuff, but you can't cheat God's consequences. What you reap, you will sow. And, you know, so as I read that, that feeds my soul to go, okay, man, I, I want to learn from that. And right. that's what God's Word does. It feeds our soul so we can put him on display in the world we live in so that when people say, hey, why are you different, Taylor? Well, let me tell you. And then you can go into the message that Paul was sharing 
Jesus is Messiah and he wants to be your master. All right, stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice at the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain That is Zach Williams with Chain Breaker. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 9, verses 20 through 31 this week. Today we're focusing in on verses 21 through 22, jumped in a little bit to 23 and back a little to 20. So, you know, in that area, if you would like to call and join the discussion or if you have any questions, please do so at 1-844-777-SWAT. Again, that's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. You know, and, um, you know, it's it's interesting that um, some people have speculated that the three years that Saul was um, not around the apostles and stuff, it was kind of like a compensation for the three years with mm. Jesus, which the other apostles had. You mm. know, some people believe he was in the desert all three years and briefly came back. You understand what I'm saying? It, it sounded like, to me... You know, when when you read the text, you know, over in, oh, in, in mm-hmm. Galatians, uh, it sounds as if, you he know. He went to the desert for a time, and then he came back, and then for three years he was in Damascus. And, yeah. And you're saying he was more in the desert, and then he would briefly come back to Damascus? Well, well, or, yeah, like he was he was back, like, yeah, like. Like if you if you look in the original Greek, um, uh, the way it, it it reads, if you go down, uh, where was it, verse sixteen? Uh, uh, I'm sorry, eighteen is it, when it says. 18, then after three years, yeah, yeah. If you look, uh, if if you look in uh, one eighteen, and then seventeen, he's talking about yeah, going to Arabia. It says it it says um, then after years three, I went up into Jerusalem to visit with Cephas. Um, so it says the way the text is reading, it says, I went up to, this is the literal translation of the Greek. Okay. I went up into Jerusalem toward the, the before me delegates, but I went off into Arabia. And again, I returned to Damascus. That's the Greek, right? Hmm. So then after three years, I went up into Jerusalem to visit with Cephas. So a lot of commentators believe that he spent three years in the desert and came to Damascus. They tried to kill him, and he left. Mm-hmm. He was stirring up problems up there. But if that's true, they said that that time in the desert was three years, you know, that the mm-hmm. disciples, you know, were yeah. exposed to Jesus. But um, anyway, it's it's the whole point of all of it is that the message, that this new message he was proclaiming was that Jesus was Messiah, which was a bold new message for him because he he was preaching Jesus was a blasphemer before that, and now he's uh, doing. And what's changed? He met Jesus. That's what changed him. 
So you're not going to preach a new message if you don't know Jesus. If you haven't met Jesus, you're, you, you, you can preach about him all day long, but you won't be preaching the real Jesus, Son of God, which is what he did. Um, you know, so I, I just, as we look at this text and think about what God did with Saul, again, it's just an amazing flip for the church because he was really persecuting the church and they had scattered. And now he's taken this persecutor and made him a preacher. And boy, how encouraging is that? So no matter how far somebody may seem gone to you, keep praying for them because you don't know what God's going to do in their life. You don't know when he's going to flip them or if he's going to flip them. So you just pray for them. Um, and I, I just think that's a great encouragement. You know? Yeah. Because nobody saw that coming with Saul. That's for sure, and probably definitely not Saul himself. Um, I I kind of was thinking, you know, when he said in I think it's Galatians, but it was said also in um, uh, what we looked at last week about him um, being, uh, you know, sent unto the Gentiles. Isn't that kind of ironic? You know, I mean, he was the. Uh, you know, Pharisee of Pharisees, as he said, you you think God would have used them to like, okay, you're going to go and speak in the synagogues, and that's where he went at first, but he had a completely different plan. And then, you know, you kind of look at uh, what happened in the synagogues, and we're going to talk about that more um, later on in the week, but they tried to kill him, and it's just kind of interesting to think about because it would make sense to a human's mind that, oh, he'd be going into the synagogue, and that's where he's going to talk because he knows this, and you know, like he said, he went through the scriptures and all this stuff, but it was no that God used him among the Gentiles, among people who, you know, who shouldn't naturally accept, uh, you know, what he's preaching, but they accepted it more than his own, I guess, brethren, quote unquote, um, in, in the synagogues. Yeah. Well, he, you know, when you stop and think about it, you're, you're right. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was a very... Uh, up-and-coming guy in the Sanhedrin. And um, he came into Damascus as a a blind, humbled man. Mm. Think about about that for a second. He was going in there, kind of up on his high horse, ready to go in and throw all these people in jail, and God struck him blind. How did he leave Damascus? In a basket? Yeah. Yeah as a criminal being hounded yeah. by the governor of the, that area and the, the Jewish people up there. So Damascus was not, he thought it was going to be a stepping stone to grace, greatness, yeah. but in Christ it was suffering yeah. both going in and coming out of that city. And so often we, we, we think about our Christian life as being this place of, arriving and and man it's just going to be great and and we wonder why life's so hard we wonder why life as a believer is so tough because we live in a pagan nation we don't live in a christian nation yeah you know when the government when our government uh codifies protection of cities or things that were practiced by cities that god destroyed because they were so abominable to him. When our government protects and codifies the slaughter of 60 million babies, I mean, mean, like when our government says that, you know what, it's and, and they condone outlawing people praying to the one true living God, it's no wonder we're seeing what we see in this country. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why we're surprised at the things going on. People worried about $5 gas. They should be worried about any gas at all. I mean, you, you know, we, we live in a culture that's not uh, agrarian, so we don't grow our crops. Back then, you know how God dealt with sin through famine? Yeah. You stopped the rain. Mm-hmm. So guess what? All these conveniences we've enjoyed for the last, you know, 100 years, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of things going away. You know, I was reading an article the other day about uh, a, uh, a sun, a solar flare, mm. and how it would wipe out the internet. I just want you to imagine for a second 
if there was an event that wiped out everybody's internet in the whole United States for just the next week, what do you think would happen? <laughs> it would uh, not be, I mean, it would be chaos because of how much the internet is involved in everything. Yeah, pumping think, gas. Think, think yeah. about your job. Think mm-hmm. about gas, think, using credit cards. Yep. Think about uh, meetings. Think about your ability to communicate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and all that takes is a, a word from God. Okay, today's the day, solar flare. Yeah. And, and we, we, we forget that God's in control of everything. Now, we don't need to live in fear, but our lives can't be tied up in this temporary stuff. We need to understand the times that we live in, and we need to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. We need to be prepared to, to preach this new message, to share this new message, and we need to be living out this new mission that we should all have. If you are a believer, you're part of the... You're part of uh, God's ambassador corps. There's nobody who's a spectator, yeah. which is unlike the military. You know, in the military, sometimes you have people that they're not on the front lines and mm. they're back in the support. Everybody's on the front lines in the, the ministry. We all have a role to play. We all should be ready to give a defense for the hope that's in us. And I, I just don't know that we live that way, Taylor. Yeah, I, I don't think we do. And, you know, t- you were talking a little bit about, uh, I guess, the conveniences and stuff. And I think that a lot of times has blinded us to, you know, how we really should be living as Christians. Or at the very least, it's uh, distracted us from uh, growing deeper in our knowledge uh, and our dependency on God. You know what I mean? Because it, when, when it's so easy, Netflix is right there, your phone's right there, YouTube's right there on your phone, you know, whatever. Uh, and it's blinging at you all the time, those are distractions that will keep you from better, loftier pursuits. So, again, I I go back to what I said. If the Internet was down for a week across the country, think about how disruptive that would be for teenagers, Mm -hmm. for children, for, I mean, like, we have moved everything to electronic now. Yeah. All our statements, all our bills. I mean, it would completely upend our country. If you think that's not a possibility, if you think that, that I mean, like, that's why they're so worried about an EMP kind of device. Well, yeah. Because it could disrupt a lot of stuff. And uh, China's supersonic weapon that it just traveled around the earth and we had no clue around about it. Around the earth. Yeah, they, they yeah. can use that in an EMP type strike. But. Yeah. But just like it was in the days of Noah, everybody was doing what Mm -hmm. they had always done. And Noah preached for over a hundred years, man, he's preaching, repent, repent, repent. I I don't know where you are with God. If you're listening today, where you are with Jesus, but you need to make sure that that relationship is the best relationship you got. And that that relationship is your priority. Trust Jesus, follow Jesus, and let the Holy Spirit change you from the inside out to a new mission with this new message of Jesus is my Messiah and nobody else. Yeah, that's a great place to end it. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. And you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day.